Section two of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume seven, March eighteen ninety six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Nansen's Polar Expedition by General A. W. Greeley, Chief Signal Officer, United States Army. The continuing interest of the unsolved polar mystery has been strikingly illustrated by the eagerness with which the press of the world has caught at every word that seems to indicate the success and safety of the brave Norwegian in his dangerous drift voyage toward the North Pole. Dr. Fritjof Nansen, born in 1861, became famous by crossing, first of all men, the inland ice of Greenland in 1888 from Umivik, 64 degrees 45 minutes north on the east coast to Kangersunek Fjord, 50 miles south of Gotab. Later, he conceived a novel and dangerous plan for polar work. Ignoring the accepted rules of ice navigation, of avoiding besetment and following the protected lee of land masses, he decided to put his ship into the ice to the north of the New Siberian Islands, whence he believed that he would be carried by ocean currents across the pole to the Spitsbergen Sea. His steamer, Fram, 125 feet long, with an oak hull 30 inches thick, and sheathed with green heart, was built so as to rise under ice pressure, as he claimed. The crew of twelve were provisioned for five years, though he expected, by a drift of a little over two miles per day, to reach the Atlantic in two years. No explorer of experience endorsed the plan, but with undaunted courage Nansen sailed June twenty-fourth, 1893, and entering the Sea of Kara was last seen to the east of Nova Zembla in September, 1893. He visited neither the Timor Peninsula nor the New Siberian Islands, as events have since shown. February 13, 1896, a dispatch from Irkutsk on the authority of Koncharev, an agent of Nansen, stated that the explorer, having reached land masses at the North Pole, was now returning. Two days later, a dispatch from Archangel confirmed the first report in general terms only, from the beginning, no credit was given to these dispatches by any American Arctic explorer or student. Melville, Schutze, Dahl, and the writer were strenuous in disbelief, but the story was credited by scores of persons, both in Europe and this country, who did not find it peculiar that a story from the center of Asia was confirmed from the north of Europe, nor were surprised that such news came from the Siberian Ocean in midwinter. Through the Norwegian press, Nansen's relatives announced their disbelief in this rumor. As to the drift relics found on the west coast of Greenland, which were relied on by Nansen as practical proof that his theory of a drift voyage was correct, it may be said that Melville, the man best qualified to speak about the Jeanette, denied at the time their genuineness and endeavored without avail to have them brought to this country. The writer publicly called Nansen's attention to this question, which for the first time seems to have created doubts in his mind. Nansen made efforts to find the relics for verification, but they had disappeared in toto. While Nansen's journey is exceedingly dangerous, it would not be astonishing if he was able to return from his ship, if it was lost south of 81 degrees north to the Asiatic coast, 
but if he really approached the north pole as is possible before his vessel was destroyed it is safe to say that he will pay for an unequalled latitude with his life and carry the secret of his well-earned success to his grave the numerous errors lately set forth in the press indicate the need of accurate data relative to latitudes attained. The tendency to unfairly present data in the interests of individuals or nations is of constant occurrence, and it is not surprising that the general public should be unfamiliar with all the facts. This is especially true in Arctic matters, as is shown by the North Polar Chart in the Times Atlas, 1895, so much lauded for its fullness and accuracy. On this chart, the highest north of the German, Swedish and English Paris, 1827 expeditions is so described in full by text and latitudes. In the case of Beaumont, the English explorer, his latitude is given as 82 degrees, 54 minutes north, which is 33 miles too far north, and his record is spread on the map above that of Lockwood, while the last-named explorer, who actually made the highest north ever attained, has not even his latitude entered. In this remarkable case of Suppressio Veri, an American explorer loses his nationality, his latitude, and his hard-earned record, all other nationalities having their data entered in full. Under these conditions, it seems to be rendering a geographical service to reproduce here a table extracted from a handbook of Arctic discovery written by myself. Records of the highest north made since 1587 in the eastern and western hemispheres by land and by sea. Note, this table is reproduced by permission of Roberts Brothers Publishers. End of note. Eastern Hemisphere Commander William Barons Date July 14th, 1594 North Latitude 77 degrees 20 minutes Longitude 62 degrees east Locality near Cape Nassau, Nova Zembla Commander Riepen Heemskerk, Barons' third voyage Date June 19th, 1596 North latitude, 79 degrees, 49 minutes. Longitude, 12 degrees east. Locality, North Spitsbergen. Commander, Henry Hudson. Date, July 13, 1607. North latitude, 80 degrees, 23 minutes. Longitude, 10 degrees east. Locality, Spitsbergen Sea. Commander, J.C. Phipps. Date, July 27th. 1773 north latitude 80 degrees 48 minutes longitude 20 degrees east locality spitsbergen sea commander william scoresby date may 24th 1806 north latitude 81 degrees 30 minutes longitude 19 degrees east locality spitsbergen sea commander w e parry date July 23, 1827. North latitude, 82 degrees, 45 minutes. Longitude, 20 degrees east. Locality, Spitsbergen Sea. Commander, Nordenskjold and Otter. Date, September 19, 1868. North latitude, 81 degrees, 42 minutes. Longitude, 18 degrees east. 
locality spitzbergen sea highest by ship commander weyprecht and payer date april twelfth eighteen seventy four north latitude eighty two degrees five minutes longitude sixty degrees east locality franz josef land by payer highest land western hemisphere commander john davis date june thirtieth fifteen eighty seven north latitude seventy two degrees twelve minutes longitude fifty six degrees west locality west greenland commander henry hudson date june twentieth sixteen o seven north latitude seventy three degrees longitude twenty degrees west locality off east greenland commander william buffin date july fourth sixteen sixteen north latitude seventy seven degrees forty five minutes longitude seventy two degrees west locality smith sound commander e a inglefield date august twenty seventh eighteen fifty two north latitude seventy eight degrees twenty one minutes longitude seventy four degrees west locality smith sound commander e k kane date june twenty fourth eighteen fifty four north latitude eighty degrees ten minutes longitude sixty seven degrees west locality cape constitution greenland by morton commander c f hall date august thirtieth eighteen seventy north latitude eighty two degrees eleven minutes longitude sixty one degrees west locality frozen sea commander c f hall date june thirtieth eighteen seventy one north latitude eighty two degrees seven minutes longitude fifty nine degrees west locality greenland by sergeant mayer signal corps u s army commander g s nares date september twenty fifth eighteen seventy five north latitude eighty two degrees forty eight minutes longitude sixty five degrees west locality greenell land by aldrich commander g s nares date may twelfth eighteen seventy six north latitude eighty three degrees twenty minutes longitude sixty five degrees west locality frozen sea by a h markham commander a w greeley date may thirteenth eighteen eighty two north latitude eighty three degrees twenty four minutes longitude forty one degrees west locality new land north of greenland by lockwood and brainard doubtless the name of some whaler should follow that of buffin in the above list but the inexactitude of most high latitudes reported by whalers is well known possibly the reported northing of lambert seventy eight and a half degrees north in sixteen seventy on the east greenland coast may have exceeded inglefield's exact latitude of seventy eight degrees twenty one minutes sweden holds the ship's record in the old world but parry beat it by boats it will be noted that england held the honours of the furthest north through hudson sixteen o seven phipps seventeen seventy three parry eighteen twenty seven and nares by aldrich eighteen seventy five and by markham eighteen seventy six this record unbroken for two hundred and seventy five years passed to the united states through the efforts of the international polar expedition under lieutenant greeley 
which by Lockwood and Brainerd reached eighty-three degrees twenty-four minutes, the most northerly point, whether on sea or land, ever attained by man, which Nansen or Jackson may possibly excel. Among other high latitudes attained, but not pertinent to this table, are the following. Hayes, about eighty degrees ten minutes, in 1861. Jackson, eighty-one degrees twenty minutes, in 1895. Peary, 81 degrees 37 minutes, in 1891 and 1895. Beaumont, 82 degrees 21 minutes, in 1876. Pavey, with Greeley, 82 degrees 54 minutes, in 1882. And Aldrich, 83 degrees 7 minutes, in 1876. End of section 2